You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Tommy's Outdoors 64. And before you listen to this episode, yes, I want to ask you a favor. To help me with the podcast, please leave a five-star rating on the app or the website where you are listening to me right now. And if you want to go the extra mile and help me even more, leave a review. And now, please enjoy this episode of Tommy's Outdoors, where I talk with Maura Kelly, the CEO of Leave No Trace Ireland. During the podcast, we discuss the structure of Leave No Trace, the story of Leave No Trace Ireland, and the seven principles of Leave No Trace. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Tommy. And you're very welcome to Westport. Oh, it's, it's, you know, we were talking about this office. It's a new office. And I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed. How the, so tell us a little bit about how the you know, uh, Leave No Trace is growing. So uh, it has been a really exciting year for Leave No Trace Ireland. We've had our biggest year. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last five years in particular, we've seen a huge increase in outdoor recreation across Ireland. Mm-hmm. And with that, the increase of uh, the need to connect people with the environment when they're yes. in the outdoors. And Leave No Trace is the framework and the national framework mm-hmm. that uh, helps people to do that. Yeah. So we help all the stakeholders, but all the people who are going into the outdoors uh, with education and training. So um, up until now, uh, it started with me uh, working a number of days a week on mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last five years, we've grown from strength to strength. Uh, there are three full-time staff and we have 25 contractors out on the road actively delivering schools and corporates and community programs. Yeah. Uh, we've a number of PhD programs taking place. But the big move this year was to actually open our own space in Westport. And that's, that's here. So you're very welcome to uh, Leave No Trace Ireland's first head office wow. <laughs> in Westport. Wow, and, and, and I'm, I'm re- it's a really honor and we're recording a podcast here in the office as well as the first. Yeah, uh, awesome. and it's a, it's a very nice space. It's very, uh, I think the energy in here is very yeah. nice because it, uh, it has a little bit of old meets new mm-hmm. because with the courtyard space outside, we're hoping to develop that yeah. for the local community to use, to uh make it a very kind of an outdoor learning space if Mm -hmm. we can and of course the inside will be a combination of a a information center on responsible outdoor recreation and be a working office as well so to create employment uh, in rural ireland i think which is really important as well very important i always ask this question because people who are on the podcast like yourself seems to have all sorts of fantastic jobs how did that happen how how did you get into that point that you are head of uh, leave no trace ireland and you and you 
doing these amazing things. Okay, uh, so um, it's been a really interesting journey for me personally. Mm -hmm. I started doing science in UCC mm -hmm. and I went on to do communications. I would have worked overseas with the government in Enterprise Ireland, mm -hmm. coordinating environmental trade missions and digital media trade missions and bringing a lot of HPSU companies and connecting them with overseas mm -hmm. uh, opportunities. So that was a really interesting role. But actually, um, when I was in school, I remember being on a week away where I did a lot of outdoor activities in yeah. Kerry, where you're from. <laughs> and actually it was transformative for me because I felt, I just felt so happy hiking and being in the outdoors, uh, especially being in the water. And that never really left me. So I always had a kind of a question about uh, something that I hadn't maybe fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So um, while I was, I suppose, climbing the ladder overseas mm -hmm. or internationally, yeah. um, I, I came to a point where I said, right, and if now or never that mm -hmm. I, I do this. So I left my job and yes. I retrained as an outdoor wow. guide. So it was like a really you jump into it. It yeah. wasn't like easing into and trying a little bit. Just, just no, I, I, I left <laughs> my job and wow. I retrained as a guide. So I think a lot of people at the time were really thinking that's a big, big change. Yes. But uh, for me, it wasn't because it was something I'd wanted to do for yeah. a long time anyway. And I was doing in my spare time a lot of hiking, a lot of whitewater kayaking. And I, mm -hmm. I just I knew that I, I wanted to explore a and, lot more and from the and how long ago was it uh that was about nine years ago nine years ago yeah. any regrets ne never looked back, <laughs> so it all played out very yeah. well so i trained as a guide then i uh came back to ireland and i realized that ireland in particular where i am now westport i couldn't believe what was here i mm -hmm. always because i was living overseas i came back and i didn't really appreciate how special ireland was mm -hmm. and from that I wanted to, I made a promise to myself I wanted to get more people outside in Ireland, connect them with nature and uh, help them protect nature. Right. So from there I did, uh, I actually did voluntary work uh, to build up my relationships locally. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked with Photo Ireland mm -hmm. and uh, from there then we've got a much deeper understanding of tourism, outdoor recreation and the sector. But at that time, um, outdoor recreation started to increase in Ireland. I mean, there was a big change in life sense and behaviour and I think a lot of that had to do with the recession. Mm -hmm. People all of a sudden wanted to experience things rather than uh, yeah. buy things, buy material things. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, uh, that's where I kind of got the passion for getting people outside yes yeah, yeah. was it hard at the beginning because that's a fantastic that's a fantastic story and, and i think a lot of people are lacking the courage to do what you've done was it hard at the beginning when you because i presume you left a quite cozy uh, yeah. uh position in 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 the, in the company where you work and then you jump into the the unknown it was but the unknown actually wasn't that difficult it wasn't unstructured because I was on a training program. I was very much, um, it was very structured learning. Mm -hmm. um, but there were certain, there were certainly difficult points where there was unknowns. But mm -hmm. um, I always knew that 
yeah, you just have to you have to keep going. Yes. Yeah, can't give up. So. Ah, it's it's a it's a right out of the bat fantastic story. Like, yeah. and you you said so your passion was really to be in the outdoors and get that pe to people and let people be in the outdoors. Yeah. But you also mentioned uh, what I pick up on: make sure that people are protecting. Yes. Yeah. And so was it there from the very beginning? Uh, yes. Um, but I uh, didn't have an ecological background mm. um, that came with the nature connection that I got through being in it, being mm -hmm. in the outdoors. So I suppose I, I started to question and uh, wonder what the deeper aspect of the immersion of being outdoors is. Yes. So it's not just about the enjoyment it brings, mm -hmm. but it's the respect and the connection that you get uh, with others that you're, you're experiencing with. Mm -hmm. You know, the journeys that you yes. go through together is very, there's a very deep uh, relationship building process that goes on yes. there. There's a lot of research around that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of research around kind of the health benefits, physical and mental health benefits. So mm -hmm. I was very yes. interested in that space, but I was also very interested in the connection that people have with their environment. Yeah. And uh, the understanding, you know, like at the time, 10 years ago, most children knew 10 dinosaurs, but wouldn't have known one native flower. Yes. So that's changing. That's, uh, but you, you, mm. see, you see, you made a very important point, And I heard that before that uh, when you ask people or children to, to you know, uh, name the animal, they will name elephant and giraffe and, and zebra which are like way out there in Africa, yeah. but they don't know Pine Martin yeah. and they don't know, you know, Curlew or like some native animals that they can at least theoretically have an opportunity to, to see in the, in the wild. That's, that's a very important point. Yeah. So, uh, and then a role with Leave No Trace came up. Um, uh, the, the, the government, I suppose, had uh, historically had come together to create this national countryside and recreation strategy. Mm -hmm. And from that, there was a, a need to s set up a countryside code. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of research undertaken that a rule or regulation or code mm -hmm. uh, was actually uh, one way of doing things, but an education program to empower people yes. and inspire people to do the right thing was actually much more effective in long-term behavioral change. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, when I saw, I had learned about Leave No Trace through my own personal training as an outdoor guide. When I saw there was an opportunity to develop this, I thought this was really so, important for so, Ireland. So did that come through through the countryside, through the through the Irish government, or yeah, okay. it was an all island initiative between Northern Ireland okay. and Ireland. And you already knew about we leave, leave no trace, I, I and there was like a, all the connections in the right place, and you said like yeah. at the right time, yeah. So I jumped at it, uh, went for the interview, and I was absolutely thrilled when I got the news. Uh, initially, it was a part-time role, but the exciting part for me, because I was working part-time as a guide and mm -hmm. I was doing coaching at the time as mm -hmm. well, that it was uh, flexible. It was in the uh -huh. west of Ireland. That was very important to me. Personally, I wasn't, I had come from very much a international, high-flying, mm -hmm. uh, city-living role, mm -hmm. and I wanted to make, I was very clear, I wanted to make a life in the countryside and by the sea. Mm -hmm. Did, did, was there the element that you were fed up with this high-speed life, city no. life? Um, I mean, I feel I'm working at the same speed now, uh -huh. but it's just in a much nicer environment. 
Oh, okay. So the so the so the corporate politics is what's got you. Well, into you know intellectually, like the the subject of what we were talking about is very interesting. Yeah. It's growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's globally. It's uh, you know the timing of this is very current. Yes. And it's a very important subject. So, you know, it's there is a problem, and this is a solution to it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting job. Yes. Um, but I don't yeah. feel that I'm compromising um, having to commute for an hour and a half to work or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm also, to me, I need to be by the sea, by the water. Yes. So I have that. Well, like you mentioned, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a must for mental health yeah. or for the overall people well-being, I guess. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's something I said on this podcast, like, like probably, you know, uh, we have over 60 episodes. I probably said over 50 times already that I'm I'm a city boy as well. I grew mm. up in the city and work in the city and finished university in the city. And when I moved into the countryside and only after a couple of years, kind of like closer to nature, I realized how like a city environment is, is really damaging for, for people's mind where they don't have opportunity to go by the sea, to go in the woods and just like all the constantly, all the time kind of trapped in these places it's like oh it's it's not good it's Mm. not good when i'm traveling um it just every time i'm in cities it just gives me it reminds me how lucky and privileged (laughs) i am but it's not for everybody either and i i respect that too true uh but personally for me yes uh, it's definitely uh you know, it's a life. It was a life-changing decision, mm-hmm. and I'm much happier here. Oh. Well, I, I, it's it's a fantastic story, and, and more. I just have plenty of courage to do it. I, I wish like more people had so much courage to do. You know, this this jump because was it was it was it take you long to make that decision? Was it like you were mulling over that for like months and months, or was it like a kind of switch when you said like, no, mm. I'm done with it? Was it? I think it was a. It's an educated guess, <laughs> calculated risk. Um, I didn't really have much to lose. Uh-huh. You know, I was at that point where uh, at that point I had well, you had a career settled down. Like... I had a career, but I knew that that was just one career. Mm-hmm. Uh, the research says that we all have eight careers in our lives now. Right. You know, I'm on career number four already. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. in my previous generation, they say you had one career. Mm-hmm. So the average we all have is yes seventy fantastic. interesting chapters. You know that's fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about for 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 our listeners. What is leave no trace? I just want to just want this come from you. What is in general leave no trace, and then how that translate to Irish organization? Sure. So uh, leave no trace is an education program on outdoor ethics and so ethics uh, we teach people how to be responsible in the outdoors through skills and ethics and the skills is where we connect people with their environment uh, and we give them the technical ways to prevent social environmental impacts when they're outside Mm -hmm. and the ethics is the heart and that's where we Mm -hmm. actually inspire people to really care about where they are and have that connection and through that process, they have a much deeper respect for where they are and who they're with 
-hmm. and uh, it's almost like a self-awareness program <laughs> in the outdoors so that uh, you can be more present and enjoy more as well yes and what what is there an aspect of it that stems from you know the pressure that that we as humans are putting on the environment or absolutely okay so was it was it born from 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 this observation that mm. well we actually you know quote unquote trashing place and we need to take more care about the everything that's around us well there's been a direct correlation to with the increase of people going into the outdoors comes the increase of impact mm -hmm. and the impacts are social or environmental impacts impacts with litter uh, soil impacts social mm -hmm. impacts mm -hmm. like overcrowding congestion yes um, so there's impacts across uh, the outdoors that are from that are linked to human behavior yeah and they're happening in Ireland in 2018 I was reading a report yesterday there was you know 10 million visits to Ireland Wow. So that huge jump in footfall in people mm -hmm. visiting, but also in domestic people using those outdoor spaces. Yes. And with that is a direct correlation to the ecological impacts and the social impacts that come with that. Mm -hmm. And Leave No Trace is the solution to limiting the impacts that come with our increased use right. to our education program. So it's, so that's interesting because it's separate from Let's say, put it this way, as a civilization, we have tremendous impact on the environment, right? We're building cities and drilling holes to, to, in the earth to pull out the oil and all do, all do all this stuff. And as I understand, Leave No Trace is not going there. But what's happening is like some of these people saying, like you and me and most of our listeners want to go to these places who are not affected by human footprint. There's no cities that go into the woods, they're going to, but then they're also leaving their impact there, like you said, the ecological impact and litter and so on. So this is where Leave No Trace operates. Is that correct? So Leave No Trace doesn't operate where we say, oh, you know, we're, we shouldn't be converting this wilderness into the, uh, you know, fields or industrial areas and so on. This is kind of like a separate. This is, yeah, so we were set up. It's a good question to, and, and it's something that we're exploring ourselves globally, mm -hmm. uh, where we sit with the role of leave no trace and environmentally responsible behavior with strategic stakeholders as well. Yeah. Um, so at the moment we are, the education we're an education program for outdoor recreation but we are but we are listening to what's happening globally around the development mm -hmm. of certain wilderness areas or the way that certain sites are managed and we are building and exploring our capacity around advocacy ah. okay so that's just something we're still in our infancy here but mm -hmm. we have um we've just started to look at that strategically and building our right. positions on on where we sit with matters outside of outdoor yes. recreation as well. Uh -huh. So currently we are we are having a voice. We do submit and uh, to certain policy mm -hmm. uh, call outs, uh, but it's it's something we're just starting. Wow. I so think that's really important. It's going mm -hmm. to be an important part of our work 
in the future. Yeah. But our main ethos is education and empowerment yes. around responsible outdoor recreation. Yes. And our research is evidence-based to customise um, whether it's an upland area, whether it's a coastal area or a beach. Mm -hmm. The research will inform the education programme yes. on whether it's a school group, a community group or a corporate. Right. Okay, that was yeah. that's interesting because it seems like you know, like you kind of expanding and and how how would you describe how strong is the uh, leave no trace globally? It's it's growing. Mm. Um, leave no trace is in ninety countries globally. There are four independent franchises, so the headquarters is in the US, mm -hmm. um, but uh, we have. Offices in New Zealand, Canada, Australia, and Ireland. Ha! Yeah, and Ireland is probably at the f probably at the forefront of the four uh -huh. outside of the US. But wow. uh, things are changing very quickly. I met with New Zealand. Actually, I'm talking to Canada next week, and they are seeing very similar trends to us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stakeholders there, you know, they have different problems yes. to us. Um, but leave, that's the beauty about Leave No Trace as a framework. The seven principles that we use can be customized for any environment. And actually, as a global campaign, it's a really interesting initiative because uh, if you're traveling, with the increase of people traveling and going yes. into the outdoors, if Leave No Trace can be customized, whether you're in the US, whether you're kayaking in Canada or you're skiing in New Zealand, it's a really powerful international you know, international ethic yes. that can be applied to visitors. Yes. So I think that's going to be a big piece of work in the next decade. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what is, how those four, is there like in the US kind of like a central hub? Is there any, any sort of a, um, let's say central governments or all those four? It's all set up, uh, there's a non-profit in the US mm -hmm that's funded a little bit, they have core partnerships with all the state agencies mm -hmm. and the um, kind of the landowners in the US, national mm -hmm. parks. Okay. And, uh, but they're run as a non-profit, lots of their funding is corporate. Mm -hmm. um, in Ireland, we have a similar model, we're a charity mm -hmm. and we're an environmental non-profit. Yes. And we are funded in three ways. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started, it was just membership, so we're funded by state agencies, mm -hmm. but we're also now funded through grants that we do, training services as well, mm -hmm. and corporates. Mm -hmm. And how much how much say does the headquarter in the US have over what you do in Ireland? Do they or is it like we have a really franchise? great relationship with them? And uh, what I would say is that we're an independent company in right. Ireland, but whenever we need advice or support. They provide us with a lot of templates and resources and share their experiences of mm -hmm. how they dealt with the challenge or right yes yeah, so, so so it's truly wrong like a like a based on the idea yes and say like you exactly. know as long as as you have you know you align with the same ideas that we have you're you're really using the leave no trace logo and off you go and you know yeah. what needs to happen locally well we've established very clear um you know franchise agreement and a very clear process and policies in place mm -hmm. but uh, separate to that uh, we have very good relationships with them on how to make leave no trace relevant from the US to Ireland and uh -huh. that's a big piece of work because leave no trace is 
in its uh, US format, um, the language and the research is relevant to the US. Yes. And we've had to do, and we're, this is a big piece of work for us and at the moment, which is customizing our programs mm-hmm. and making them relevant to Ireland. Yeah. So an example of that is we've just this year launched a program that will have new leave notes race skills and ethics for hikers in Ireland, mm-hmm. for water sport users, mm-hmm. leave notes race for communities, leave notes race for festival organizers. Mm. So uh, that they're the first time these will have been published. Wow. Yeah. And okay, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Did we did we left anything? organization on the organization because i want to go into the seven roles but before we go there is there anything worth mentioning in relation how leave no trace is structured and um i suppose just to i think i think that what has enabled our organization to flourish is we've an amazing a board of directors that have supported me mm-hmm. to uh, and and the, the team here to, to grow mm-hmm. and I just would say to anybody out there who's running a non-profit or a community organization to surround yourself with good people mm. and um, then you can make anything happen. That always works right yeah. you just surround yourself with good like-minded people that's and it, things that's the are key. so easier. Yeah and and to listen to that you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And how many people is right now working? So as it started with me and uh, some trainers that were working contract, but there wasn't many training courses at the time. So now we have three full-time staff here in the office. We have Mm. Noel, who's doing a PhD with Mm. us. So that's four. And then we have about 25 to 30 part-time trainers out on the road across Northern Ireland and Ireland. Mm -hmm. And they are rolling out our programs to primary schools, to uh, corporate groups, to community mm-hmm. groups. Wow. Yeah. And and is it part of their responsibility to find, you know, places where they go and I presume they they giving workshops and talking yeah, about well, we, we do all of that. We, okay. Yeah, we do that with our stakeholders and we get the funding to facilitate all of these programs. Okay. And then you um, contact people who are in the area. Yes, yeah, and then uh, our trainers through our training program are recruited to deliver it then right whatever it could be geographical to where mm-hmm. they were based to mm-hmm. what expertise they have some programs are straightforward with an awareness course or a mm-hmm. trainer course some programs are very specialized yes like can you give me an example so more and more uh, corporates are coming to us looking for oh. high impact problems to solve oh. with leave no trace applications oh, yeah. so we are starting a very innovative program this year with some corporates Mm -hmm. where we uh, identify sites that have been damaged due to uh, they could be ecologically damaged or uh, there could be there could be a myriad of reasons why Mm -hmm. that site needs to be restored and we go in do feasibility study and uh, with the corporate and the volunteers in the organization we work with them to plan out a restoration and a repair through Leave No Trace awareness and application. So actually restoring it. So that's the, this will be the first. And I think that this is going to be a big area for us. And this is presumably what you're doing, you're pursuing. So what you do, you just just call the 
company and said, like, hey, I'm, you know, we don't trace Ireland. Like, think you have a problem yeah. with the site on your... Uh... <laughs> well, interestingly, they're calling us. Ah. So um, we actually, in the last two years, we haven't had to go out. We've yes. just had to respond wow. to the increase. So the corporate business for us would have trebled in the last three, two years. Yeah. And because of those relationships with Google, with Facebook, we have uh, Marks and Spencers. We've done some yeah. stuff with MSD. Really, really big guys. Big corporates. Deloitte just last week mm -hmm. uh, gave us uh, a donation for their flagship charity. Wow. So um, all of these are we're in discussions with all these big names to wow. explore how we can work with the community and restore a site. And again, it's not just leave no trace here. We would mm -hmm. link in with the local tidy towns group mm -hmm. or the local school. We'd link in and we could wow. potentially bring in our uh, core funders, whether it was Fall to Ireland or the National Parks or Waterways Ireland and bring all of these stakeholders together. Right. To solve a problem. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. And so if someone is listening to this now and would like to get involved, what what's the what's the path? What they should do? They should contact you, call the office, or is it some groundwork that they need to do before making I just uh, just all I would say is have a think about how you would like to get involved. Would you like to be engaged in education or community action? Or is it youth or schools? And if it's all of those, that's fine too. But uh, whatever way you want to get involved in a voluntary or a paid capacity as a trainer, have a think about that and then call the office. Right. And right. we'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's, that's how our network is growing through um, meeting people like yourself and oh, thank you. getting the message out yeah. to people. Oh, it's, it's you know, I, I didn't even know about the, you know, the scale, the sheer scale of it. You know, we, we all hear about the seven rules and all that, but yeah. there's a lot of really hard work going on underneath that. Uh, to, yeah. to, and that's why you're growing so, so much, I yeah. guess. I think um, one thing worth mentioning for any nonprofits out there or mm -hmm. kind of people who are looking to set up a social enterprises that uh, it's definitely worthwhile uh, getting the structures and the model right at the start yes so that then you can you can grow sustainably yes and that that yes the impact of what we're doing is really important but to make an impact you need to be sustainable and have a yes. model and we did a lot of, we just we spent a couple of years working on that and we're still working on it mm. but if you can address that the rest will come uh-huh that's a that's a very sound advice because i presume many people may get the stuck or have hit like un, mm. unexpected hurdles on the yeah there i mean that's a big issue in the sector burnout and people maybe not working together because i always think huh. together is, is much better yes rather than working in isolation as one environment, we're just one part of the problem. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> actually, last year, it. yeah, we worked with, uh, or we joined the Irish Environmental Network, and it was such a brilliant, but an eye opener for us because there are so many brilliant Irish environmental nonprofits out there mm -hmm. doing great work. And I think through that network now, we've really started to see the uh, opportunity to 
connect with what the great work that they're doing yes. and and link into that national national biodiversity agenda then. Yes, yes. Do you work with uh, Irish Wildlife Trust? Uh, we are just starting to. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay. So I think we covered uh, about Leave No Trace, what Leave No Trace is, how it works, you know, kind of structure. Now let's talk about the actual, you know, seven rules and how, how, what, what are they and, and what people should be aware of. Sure. So uh, what are, it's their first question. What are the seven principles? <laughs> it's your quiz. Oh, it's my yeah. quiz. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it, I, it needs to come from you. It needs to come from me. I don't have a credential. That's why I have it here. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's very simple. The, the, the seven principles are framework um, that are used to try and inspire kind of outdoor ethics and leadership in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'll, I'll call them out there. Plan ahead and prepare. Be considerate of others. Respect farm animals and wildlife. Travel and camp on durable surfaces. Leave what you find. Dispose of waste properly. And minimize the effects of fire. Mm -hmm. So each one of those would uh, be very relevant or would cover different problems that there yes. are in the outdoors at the moment. And then under each heading, we teach people and empower people how to uh, prevent those problems happening. Mm -hmm. So for an example, mm -hmm. minimize the effects of fire. We want people to go outside and enjoy having a campfire and mm -hmm. really immerse themselves. There's nothing like sitting around a campfire at night in the summer. It, however, there are potential huge impacts if mm -hmm. that campfire isn't managed properly or built in a sustainable way. So, for example, if you were to have your normal campfire, uh, that can cause up to 15 years of damage to the vegetation on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, it can also get out of hand because a lot of people, lots of time people don't put out campfires mm -hmm. and uh, that can cause a fire. Or they don't realize how, how fast fire can spread. That's another reason. Another reason is when people build a campfire, they, I think people think that they're building a bonfire and they want to build the biggest fire that they can. Mm -hmm. So it's just about inspiring <laughs> awareness about actually a small campfire or there's other ways, even having a stove or a, 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 a fire in a, in a, you know, a pit is a, is a much more sustainable, safe way of protecting the environment and protecting others as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not about not having it. It's about empowering people to do it in a way that well in the right, well, yeah, in, in the right so way. you're not dealing with the fact how to how to start the fire so it's not woodsmanship no it's it's then like you're assuming that a person has this ability to start a fire whatever way but now you're focusing like now you need to make sure that you're not going to burn down the whole place and you're going to do it in a way so that's it people. um the other Thing is that I suppose it's become very apparent in Ireland at the moment because last year and the year before there were so many wildfires and globally what's been happening in Australia as well mm -hmm. it, but many of the fires I think all of the fires in Ireland 
are they start because of people. Yeah. So at Kirklow Beach, the mm. disposable barbecue in Makaradu, the people didn't put out properly, caused enormous damage to that yeah. area. So um, I think that it's not just I think traditionally people think oh it's a fire, it's it's also disposable barbecues. It's Yes. Uh, it's it's opportunities to use a stove instead of having a fire, mm -hmm. you know. So there's lots of different aspects. And awareness of of, for example, when there was no rain for a number of weeks, then the the, the foliage and everything will behave differently. And, and that's it. And and uh, awareness of listening to the, I mean, there was very clear guidelines from the state agencies that people were not to light fires. Mm -hmm. at certain times of the year so mm -hmm. it's inspiring people to check the regulations mm -hmm. at certain times of the year yes um another interesting one that happens with fire is and it, it was just a very simple looking exercise yeah when you go to a beach and i'm asking everybody the next time you go to a beach or sand dune next time you look around you'll see a fire ring mm -hmm. okay so a lot of time people will go and they're like oh can't build a fire there it's ruined mm. it's a firing and they'll go off a few meters away and they'll create a new fire and then cause more damage so <laughs> the next time i'm asking uh you're, you know, next time you go to the beach have a look around and you will see there is never just one there's normally five or six within a short space why, of each why other. don't so we use it why don't we use the same fire it's, it's to me it <laughs> almost seems like natural to reuse it because someone already done a lot of work oh yes right yes. it's already there like. <laughs> but you know that you know everybody wants to have their own use the the established firing but if you weren't aware of that mm -hmm. this awareness thing is self-awareness mm -hmm. as soon as be, people become self-aware we find they always want to do the right thing hmm. and they will use yeah. that firing so that's the impact piece of what we do Yeah. And I really believe that, you know, people want to do the right thing a lot of the time. It's mm -hmm. just bringing that self-awareness. Yeah, they're not, like you said, they're not aware about many yeah. things. I'd like to tell you a story about something Please. that's happening in, in the US. It's all about stories. They're Please. doing really interesting research around uh, behavior in the outdoors mm -hmm. and how people are behaving as opposed to how they thought they were behaving. Uh -huh. So Leave No Trace have traditionally asked people to surveys in the US mm -hmm. or before and after. But in this case, if you can imagine, um, we're out walk, you know, they're doing a research on a trail. So they've researched people on the trail um, and then walking through the trail and then at the end of the trail again. Mm -hmm. So they have a researcher at the start of the trail, but they have somebody in disguise <laughs> watching that person as they're walking. And then they have somebody watching or serving them after. Mm -hmm. And the questions ask them about what they are going to do. Mm -hmm. um, then they'll ask them what they did. And then they'll ask them what they think they did. And actually, the results <laughs> are not what you would think they would be. Yes. You know, so there's a huge gap around mm -hmm. people's self-awareness. They think, they think they're doing much better than they do. I, I think we all have that <laughs> issue. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, if you can be open to asking questions about yourself, mm -hmm. then in any context, not just the outdoors, mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day ethics, mm -hmm. how we shop, how we come to work, 
mm-hmm. how we live our lives, yes. then, um, you know, I think sometimes you can be unaware of the yeah. way that you're doing things. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it's, it's easy to say, yeah. but then when you actually need to inconvenience yourself to do something the right way, quite often you're not going to do it in the right way, you're just going to do what's more convenient. Or like, oh, I was always doing that this way. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think this is going to be a uh, behavioral change is a really interesting subject. I know you've listened to our uh, Irish researcher, Noel Doyle, mm-hmm. talking about it. But mm-hmm. I think that um, how we communicate and inspire people long term on behavioral change mm-hmm. will be a very Shout out to Noel because subject. This, this podcast is thanks to him. Really. It's dedicated to Noel. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, so um, that's just a sample with relation to minimize the effects of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just inspiring people to manage mm-hmm. your fire, you know, like not leaving your fire unattended. Yeah, uh, it's all very simple, practical things that yeah. make a lot of common sense. But actually, you know, you can forget these things. So the beauty of our programs are uh, they bring it all together and they really bring it in a condensed learning environment yes. so that you have the skills to go out confidently yeah. and, and so and not make an it's, impact. It's re- not really something that you, you know, show the leaflet and it's like, oh, this is, this, these are the rules. You read them. Okay, you're good to go. Because it's not going to work that no, way, right? Uh, yeah, our program, and that's what makes it, I think, really different, is it is outdoors. It's fun. You're out there being immersed in the outdoors. Uh, it's fun. So there's a lot of role plays and scenarios. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that inspires a motivation with a difference. Yeah. You know, that is empowerment where you're actually you're in the moment and you are you're doing this experiential. It's the method, the experiential education mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of how we deliver our programs. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge now for us, and it's coming out in our research as well, is yes, our programs do that and do it so well, but then what about how we do it in our communications nationally yes. as, a, as a countryside code yeah. Yeah. And, and being smart. Mm-hmm. So for example, respect wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we done with fires? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want, okay. uh, so or fire, do you have so any other questions on fires? No, 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 no. I'm just, it's, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, so just to I suppose summarize, if you're uh, thinking about going outside and uh, building a fire, that you just think about how you do it mm-hmm. and minimize the effects of the fire. So, uh, because fires can cause those lasting impacts. So, whether it's checking local regulations and conditions, using a stove, um, building a minimum impact fire, like using a fire yeah. blanket yeah. instead of actually. Um, building a real fire, uh, using established firing, we touched on that, mm-hmm. and just managing your campfire. Yes. Yep. So make sure. And is there any guidelines? I, I suppose this is with the, with the blanket, fire blankets too, as, because I remember from one of the podcasts that what's important with the fire is the temperature. But if it's too hot, then it, it causes like a damage to the soil. And, yeah. So our fire blanket, again, if you just use a fire blanket underneath mm-hmm. and use sand mound on top, yeah. that can then, prevent. Then it prevent it. Yeah. So uh, we have loads of information on this on our website. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants information on this, um, 
we can share our skills and ethics booklet mm -hmm. with you. Um, and again, I'm going to use this opportunity to invite anybody who wants to do like a, make a video or a session. There's a great opportunity for us to share these mm -hmm. technical skills. And mm -hmm. uh, this is something I'm really passionate and aware that we have a bit of work to do mm -hmm. to get that, get these messages out there yeah. outside of our training programs. Because we deal oh, with I'm up so for that. Well. You, do yeah. you, you're talking about making like a video yeah. about Australia. Like, I'm up for that. Yeah, like skills and ethics of how that. to build a minimum impact fire. I can do that. Yeah. So after we're done with recording, we can we can talk about that. Yeah, it'll, yeah, be, it'll, be, it'll be pleasure, you know, yeah. because the, like this year, um, we're we're pushing hard with our YouTube channel, yeah. Tommy Soundor's YouTube channel, and that seems like a perfect, perfect. Oh wow! Well, you know, thing that would to, be brilliant thing, thing to do. There you go. So that's that's one thing. So folks, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that's we done with fires. Then are we gonna go one one by one? Because the next one you mentioned was the farm animals. Yeah. So um, respect. That is, some, that is something I'm kind of like. Because there is a lot of like, and you surely you aware. There's like a lot of movement now who kind of treats farm animals and farming as something that is damaging the environment. And and yeah, you you surely heard those sentiments that all oh, farming is all bad and whatever, mm. which is separate subject. Um, but you're saying like, well, actually. Farmed animals is part of the outdoors, and you need to yeah. Like, so, so that that's surely all the farmers community will welcome that you are but, not kind of like on the extreme of edge of the environmentalism. You kind of well, I embedded think, in reality. I think it's so important for people to understand that Ireland is so unique. We have a unique relationship with the land. Um, I come from a farm myself. Eighty-five mm percent -hmm. of our countryside is privately owned. Yes, and a massive majority of that is owned by farmers. Yes. and it's really important that that is acknowledged, and that we are working with the problems rather, I think, than against. And yes. I think we're starting to see people working with with the problems now. Mm -hmm. I know it's a huge issue, but I th I think things are moving on questions are being asked about what is the solution mm -hmm. uh, to support landowners to doing and moving on to mm -hmm. different ways. Oh, that's, 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 this wasn't an opportunity. Five years ago, that wouldn't have happened. Hmm. So uh, I think it's a really interesting time uh, for farmers. I think there's challenges ahead, but I think it's an interesting time. And uh, I hope that the new government will be supporting the the environmental initiatives that will help them to do that. Yes. So uh, with Leave No Trace, though, from an outdoor recreation perspective, it's absolutely critical. In the US, they don't use the word farm animals, but in Ireland, mm -hmm. we did because respect farm animals and wildlife, because there's so much livestock in our country, yes. you can't, we couldn't ignore that. So you kind of put it both wildlife and farm animals into one category. Yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that... Yeah, that there's challenges to both. Yes. And not just to that, but throw people in there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the challenges yeah. with yeah. the relationship between farm animals, people and wildlife. So mm -hmm. it's all interconnected. Yes. It's not just one against the other. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, yeah, our program just, I mean, our program helps people to understand about the wildlife in Ireland mm -hmm. and then the impacts that people are having in relation to outdoor recreation. Mm -hmm. 
So I think uh, there was a research report just to give you the context mm-hmm. of it. Uh, in Dublin Bay, people were kite surfing in an area and as a res- where there was oyster catchers. And mm-hmm. as a result of the kite surfing interfering with the wildlife, the, they declined by two thirds yeah. in that site. So because of the because of the yeah no they didn't know that at the time mm-hmm. they were made aware and they went somewhere else yeah that was fine so it's trying to understand the site specific problems in areas do you do you try to influence local authorities to designate places as a kind of wildlife sanctuaries or anything along uh, these lines up until now. Uh, we weren't doing submissions up until last year mm-hmm. to influence policy, but now our role are around advocacy is, is we're okay. starting to, to develop that, as I mentioned earlier. So that's something that we could support local authorities, understand the relationship between outdoor mm-hmm. recreation mm-hmm. users and uh, yeah. the environment yeah. and wildlife Because the, in the that example area. that you gave with the oyster culture is, is a great example where you could you know, well, you can influence you can, making the area protected area essentially. Yes, but you are also influencing education with the outdoor users mm, who were very which is happy. Better, which is always better. Yeah, and they were yeah. absolutely. They didn't know what impact they were causing, mm-hmm. and as a result, they just moved. And mm-hmm. that's that's was to your point that most people want to do the right thing, right? People want to because do the right it's, thing. it's much more effective if you're if people know oh there are oyster catchers there so we better not disturb them yep the attitude is quite different than you can't go kite surfing there now yes exactly right and then it's the same it's from the oyster catcher perspective maybe the same thing but from the people's perspective like wow why we can't you know it's and it creates a tension so the approach that you're taking is kind of like a frictionless yes approach and that's the method again Mm -hmm. which is the using the uh, th- that approach is much more uh, empowering mm-hmm. uh, to facilitate people to make change. Yes. So we're, we could, I suppose, look at these situations as potentially high conflict, mm-hmm. but actually our program can often resolve those issues yes. with the approach yes. that Leave No Trace takes. Yes. And that's, um, I think that's what makes our program really quite unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different. So what, um, let's, let's talk about wildlife and, and is yeah. there anything specific? Well, keep again, it's distance. just empowering people. Keep your distance. Uh, we use a little technical tip called the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. So, Tommy, extend your arm. Mm-hmm. Give me the thumbs up. Uh, close your eyes. And if you can cover that bird or wildlife, mm-hmm. whatever it is, with your thumb, you're in safe proximity. Mm-hmm. from from alarming okay. it okay? okay so lovely oh. technical tips for uh, yeah. giving wildlife the thumbs up and, and respecting their space yeah. um, there's huge issues with selfies in the Phoenix Park people taking photos so mm-hmm. again we just try and avoid, I suppose inspire people to be self aware of of mm-hmm. the wildlife and yes. not invading their space yes. um, again uh, avoiding sensitive times or certain times of the year mm-hmm. that are exactly yeah for wildlife um feeding animals is 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 a challenging one so a lot of these things are common sense people know this uh but again when you condense it into a principle and an ethic Mm -hmm. people really it's even something they have in the back of their head yeah and it's like like you said it's more aware of that problem existing and potentially being there 
When we're talking about the wildlife, I, I get to ask you, um, what's Leave No Trace uh, view or, or, I don't know, work with or whatever else is relation with hunting and fishing community? We have uh, no strategic, like no official strategic partners mm -hmm. with the hunting groups mm -hmm. yet. Um, they do in the US, mm -hmm. actually, um, and it's something that uh, we just haven't developed yet. Mm -hmm. uh, now, with fishing, uh, we are uh, working with the angling groups mm -hmm. and uh, the Inland Fisheries Ireland Yes. Waterways as well, okay. around responsible use of our waterways. They have the catch and release system there mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so again, uh, there are areas that, because we're still in our infancy, mm -hmm. we haven't tackled all the the, yes. the challenges and the issues yet out there. Yes. Um, but I think they will be a group that we will be talking and working yes. with in the future. Yes, there's uh, these three uh, organizations in Ireland uh, for deer hunters. Yes. So, you know, and I know that some members of these organizations are listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. Grab that phone. <laughs> well, do call, get in call touch. Maura and, yeah. uh, um, we would love that, to exactly. hear from you. Just, just to just to expand that network and, and, and expand have, the network. And have other stakeholders because no doubt hunters and, and anglers are stakeholders yeah. in the environment, in the outdoors. And great. Yeah. And I think there is a question around. Uh, I suppose the role of advocacy and leaving mm -hmm. no trace in mm -hmm. in those themes, um, but as I said, that's something we're starting to explore now. So we'd love to hear from you. Okay, yeah. lovely. Um, with I suppose we talked about wildlife, but uh, mm -hmm. it's wildlife and farm animals, and mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues in Ireland we have is uh, in relation to dogs in the outdoors <sighs> and and private landowners and sheep as mm -hmm. well. So um, dogs and sheep. Yeah. So. You know, one in four people in Ireland have dogs mm. now. I think it's a hundred thousand tons of feces is oh. produced a day. So, when you think about that, that's a nice little stat. Yeah, and the impact that that is having a day in the outdoors. 100, yes, hundred thousand tons a yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. Well, you're, it, you're when little, you think about your little doggies yeah. pooping. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that needs to be considered when when you're looking at solving a problem. Like it isn't yeah. just. Uh, so there's a number of issues there around dog feces, picking up after dog waste, but also around responsible use of the outdoors with your dog, keep mm -hmm. your dog under effectual control. Yes. Um, and at certain Not times of year. chasing sheep. Yeah, and, and around lambing season, there are issues uh, with dogs killing sheep as mm -hmm. well. So yeah. it's trying to... Uh, inspire people to just be aware of that and the impact that that has on the landowner mm -hmm. and not just on the wildlife but on the access mm -hmm. issue that mm -hmm. is a real issue yeah. in the outdoors as well yes. so yes land access yeah, it's the knock-on effect of mm -hmm. that and yeah. and uh on the subject of dog feces yeah. I, I just want to have your view on this um you know like you have in certain places these 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 boxes with the with the bags for for dog poo yeah and my thinking is when a dog does its business yeah right and it's there on the on the on the land on the grass nature will kind of eventually dispose that in the natural way because it's natural i feel like that's better than another damn plastic bag in the environment 
What's your What's your view? And if, if you know, if I'm wrong, tell me that I'm wrong. But it's it's kind of to me. I understand the argument of, you know, you have a you have a nice little patch of grass in a in a in a in a town, and you not necessarily want this patch of the grass within matter of week be covered with dog waste. But then where is the balance? Because it doesn't kind of feel, you know, I don't feel like I'm making environment a favor by removing dog poo and instead introducing another plastic bag to the environment that something has to happen with. Yeah, it was just the specific impacts of dog feces mm -hmm. are very serious. Mm -hmm. um, it is high, high in bacteria. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the context if, of a cow uh, having contact with dog feces in a field, mm -hmm. that can cause miscarriages. And then it has caused, what well, in the UK, they had an abortion storm where dogs were going out into the countryside and people not picking up. Mm -hmm. And because of the high bacteria content, yeah. it was causing huge issues. So I'm not sure if you were, mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't aware of the, mm -hmm. the bacteria, that specific bacteria that's in dog feces. No. So that, that's, that's why, that's no. the why. Uh, the other thing is that it is harmful to humans as well. Mm -hmm. that that bacteria that's in dog feces mm -hmm. so it is actually we would definitely recommend to remove it okay. because of that from a safety perspective okay, okay. Good to know. yeah mm -hmm. that's that's the the real why and that the problem is that um there was a, an economic impact knock-on effect of that as well because oh, yeah. the cows and the calves were mm -hmm. impacted yeah in terms so. of the livestock all right, good to know. Yeah, we have a really interesting leaflet and video mm -hmm. and interviews mm -hmm. from experts on dog behavior, dog uh, uh, dog behaviors, dog wardens, and kind mm -hmm. of key stakeholders mm -hmm. with dogs in the outdoors, including farmers. Right. Uh, so, if you want to visit our website, mm -hmm. uh, you can download the leaflet on how mm -hmm. to be responsible with your dog. Yeah. With Leave No Trace. What's the website for our listeners? www.leavenotraceireland.org We just no got a new website. Yes, exactly. Very exciting. Yeah, it's it's great. It was, it was I think you were launching it at the time when we were kind of like setting up our our uh, this this podcast. It's like, hey, it doesn't work. And it's like, no, no, we we're just launching. And just then launching. you know, a couple of minutes later, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Oh, we got loads of technical difficulties. Of course. <laughs> but um, uh. It is absolutely, I think it is a credit to our designer, David Moran, mm -hmm. who's done a great job in getting the kind of content and the ethos of what we do out, mm -hmm. but also making all those skills and ethics really accessible. So yes. have a look online. and It's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Leave no trace Ireland. Yes. Dot org. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So we, we covered, we have a five to go. Yeah. So uh, we we covered fires, we covered farm and wildlife. Yeah. Uh, so the other one is be considerate of others. Mm -hmm. So um, again, I suppose this comes back to self-awareness and how you are with others in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And we're asking people just to respect others, be informed, plan your trip mm -hmm. and be informed about where you're going. And, um, you know, just to consider if you're in rural Ireland, mm -hmm. uh, that... Uh, you know, whether it's car parking issues or whether it's livestock on the road, just to be patient to 
those who live and work right. in the area. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Just relax when you're out, relax. out there. Really. Yeah. But have, it's, it's happening kind of naturally that people are, I noticed that, that people tend to relax and yes. like get this tension like, oh. Absolutely, but let nature's sound prevail. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. go with the flow and be in the present. But with that in mind, bear in mind, as I said, 10 million tourists mm-hmm. came to Ireland. That doesn't even include the number of domestic visits. Mm-hmm. We are not making any more land in Ireland. <laughs> okay. We are privileged mm-hmm. globally to have the space that we do. Yes. So to nurture and think about respecting that space because mm-hmm. we are so lucky yes. to have this in yes. Ireland. So we need to uh, keep a low profile and yes. respect that. That's an that's that's interesting question that I, that I just now have. You said that Ireland is one of the four uh, franchises. Yeah. Right? And, but you didn't mention there's that Ireland is the only one in Europe. Yes, yeah. Now, do you do you do you feel like you will expand more towards yeah. Europe because you know Ireland is like in, this is what the country said like I need Ireland is really really tiny and very specific because it's not densely populated and so on and so forth. But then we have a island of Great Britain just just across the sea, and then we have the whole continental Europe when there is. They're like, there's no leave, no trace in, in Europe mm. at all? Or uh, I would say not yet. Um, mm. I think that a lot of European countries are in talks with the US mm-hmm. about setting up an official branch. They, they do training mm-hmm. in a lot of countries. As I mentioned, it's in 90 countries worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is interest in setting it up. It just needs to get actually set up. And uh-huh. I think the timing is key. Um, I think there's a lot of new... European projects looking at environmental stewardship Mm -hmm. and we are getting lots of requests and questions about Leave No Trace. Now to do it in Europe you have to go uh, through the US but I can I can't say who yet Mm -hmm. but I am aware that certain countries are very close to launching. Oh okay that's a good that's a good okay sorry that was a little bit of a segue but I thought it was interesting. Okay. Uh, Next principle is a traveling camp on durable ground and Mm -hmm. that's just to consider about when you're going camping and when you're walking to stick to the trails in -hmm. certain areas um, and to avoid trampling and further damage to vegetation because we don't really is it like because we don't really have a like a proper wilderness in Ireland. That's we, correct. We, we do have. A we have bit. one in a designated area in <laughs> Neffin in yeah. Mayo, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just to uh, try and avoid. For example, Kirkpatrick here mm-hmm. has a trail that is severely damaged from people walking outside the original trail. Mm-hmm. So the trail moved from five meters to about thirty meters mm-hmm. in width. That's that's probably the one the biggest thing I remember from mm-hmm. the workshop with Noel. Yeah. And like you know like stick to the trail and don't yeah. cut corners and don't yeah. don't do the, all these things because then like you said that trail is becoming much bigger than it's supposed to be originally and i suppose we all think oh look it's only one person it's just me mm-hmm. but the cumulative effect mm-hmm. of you know not just in Crowpatrick, patrick mora walking up Crowpatrick 
taking a shortcut. Mm-hmm. It's 200,000 people that go up there every year. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what's happening. So mm-hmm. it's trying to inspire people that, you know, it's not just you're walking, it's a lot mm-hmm. of other people walking. That actually connects with the previous principle that you yeah. said, be aware of, the, of, of others, like, you know, like... Exactly. <laughs> go on the, on the, on the, on the you know, what, how to say, solid ground. Yes. But then also... But you see, quite often it is, especially like after the rain, this is what I noticed with the, with the mountain bike, bike uh, trails. Yeah. That, you know, there is a rain that the trail is not maintained and it's kind of like unpassable. So people start, you know, finding routes around place where it's impossible. And then sure enough, those, <laughs> those that like you mentioned, those routes around become permanent and then they're becoming flooded or whatever happened. And then it's kind of You're right. grows, and gr- grows and grows. Uh, but, you know, on the other side, it, it also, d- it depends on the surface. Yeah. Doesn't it? So whether it's a, a boggy surface or whether it's, like a stone or gravel mm-hmm. surface. It yeah. all depends on, on yeah. the actual surface. Yeah. Um, but and that's why <laughs> it's about trying to empower people to make the best decision they can. Yeah. We're not the leave no trace police. We're not here to tell everyone you're not doing 100% mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. It's actually, well, you know, in this situation, I can make this best decision. And if, mm-hmm. if we were to inspire everyone to make a best, a good decision, mm-hmm. that has the power to make a national massive positive impact. And this is what I'm getting, this is what I'm getting from you. And this is what I like. It's like you said, it's not a police. It's yeah. not like, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And you know, you can't do this. It's yeah. more like, think, just think about it. Think about you, think about others, yeah. think about the environment. Think about the animals. Yeah. And and when you think. Be aware. It reminds you about why you're doing it. And that mm-hmm. gives you real satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And that really empowers you mm-hmm. to do the right thing. It feels good to do the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Where in that case, the right thing might it's be. part of who we are. Yeah. The Irish heritage, that our landscape is, it's, it's not something that, oh, it's just a, it, it is part of, mm-hmm. it's Ireland's ink. It's part of our heritage. Yes. And I think that deeper connection to where we are, who we are, um, that again is really mm-hmm. has, a, has an impact for long term yes. uh, behavioral change and a long term positive impact on the environment. Yeah. And like I said, I, the, perhaps in that case, the right thing would be to get in contact with someone who's supposed to be maintaining the trails and say, like, hey, there's a problem in the trail and people are doing this and that. and they can fix the trail rather yes. than you know, creating alternative trail yeah. <laughs> around it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just maybe a point on campsites. Um, <laughs> we kind of try and inspire people to think about, again, using established campsites. And, yeah. you know, good campsites are found. You don't make one. Mm-hmm. You look around and based on your site, you find the right yes. one, you know. Yes. Um, it's really important often. A lot of time people bring a lot of gear with them camping, you know, Mm -hmm. so again, if you're doing a mountain hike or whether you're doing uh, using a campsite that you are, you know, you're not just thinking about this principle, but you're considering all the other seven. And it's -hmm. about being smart, planning ahead, having all the right gear, Mm -hmm. um, using site selection Mm -hmm. and um, using potentially an established campsite. Yes. Rather than existing ones. 
that like like with the yeah. fires and like, it's it's amazing how all those rules kind of intersect with each other. And yeah, they, they intersect, of... and a lot of time, um, in philosophical conversations, they say that maybe the eighth principle is the heart mm -hmm. yes. that connects all of those seven principles. Yes. Oh, it's, it definitely seems like that. Yeah. Definitely seems so, like that. Um, so, if, are you any questions on that one or? No, yeah, no, no. We can uh, pop on. I don't know on. how you're how you're with the time. We're we're. Uh, I know that you you will need to leave shortly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we we we'll we'll take another one or two. We can okay, let's, touch let's, on let's, another let's few. Just, let's just fly uh, Yeah. So leave what you find. This is a really interesting principle, mm -hmm. uh, and it's trying to inspire people to. That, that classic uh, slogan that people have, take only photos, leave only memories. Mm -hmm. And to get people to consider that, mm -hmm. uh, that when you're there to really just leave, leave what you find. And, yeah. and people like to take uh, natural objects, but it's much better to leave them undisturbed. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a, a, a shell or a whatever, uh, it again, people think, oh, it's just one piece. Yes. But actually, it's we've had 10,000, 10 million visitors. Imagine uh, if I, we I, had everybody taking something. I, te I tell you, <laughs> I tell you that uh, my my friend, he's his friends were visiting him. Yeah. And they were going uh, to the beach and each time they were at the beach, they say, oh, look at this stone. How beautiful. Right. They were living in the, in the middle of the continent. So, yeah, sea was a big thing. Oh look at this this stone, how beautiful. Oh look at this shell, how beautiful. And each time they, they went for a walk, they came back with something. Yeah. Right. And they were like for two weeks. And once they left, he was like, I have a whole damn bags of stones and shells and everything. It was like shocking, you know, how much even like a two people over a period of two weeks can bring. It's like, well, I need to you know do something with this because there's like literally bugs and buckets of stones shells other stuff that people like oh look at how beautiful that is yeah and this is like two people yeah now if you like you say like multiply by 10 millions there's like the whole the whole damn beach is gone <laughs> well that's it and and that extends as well so to people actually thinking oh i'll just take this but as well the problem that we're having with invasive species mm -hmm. and people being aware about Traveling, I suppose people go out there and pick certain things, but often when they're going out to do activities, they're taking things unknown to themselves, like invasive mm -hmm. species and the spread of invasive species is happening in Ireland due to paddle sports. Yes. Uh, so we're doing a, a campaign around um, just making sure that you're cleaning your the dirt out of your, mm -hmm. your boots or your boats or whatever. Yes. To try and prevent the spread. Do you know, like in Spain, they yeah. have this regulation that when you register the, the vessel, yeah. you register it on the body of water. Yes. And then you're not allowed to use. So if, if you have a boat and you want to use that boat on two lakes, if they're in a, like a different areas, yeah. you, you might need to have actually two boats. Yeah. Because they're not going to register your boat that was registered on any particular lake. To be then allowed somewhere else just because spread of all the sorts of, like you mentioned, invasive species. species invasive yeah, species well, it's, and it's a huge disease. problem globally, a huge problem in Ireland, um, national parks, um, it's in our towns, Japanese knotweed, mm -hmm. um, is now affecting planning permission applications. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and insurance for dwelling houses. 
because that can interrupt with the foundation of the actual building. So wow. it just shows that, That's yeah, you crazy. think it's out there in the wilderness, but the spread of all these things can mm-hmm. really impact. Right. It can really impact us. In so our in other words, daily. people leave, leave stuff where you found it. Like yeah. And think about if you are, um, you know, going for different rivers or different sites that have, you know, check the local re- regulations around invasive species. And if there are, just to take, take proper care to mm-hmm. do that scrub down after. Yes. And you can, we can all do our part then in mm-hmm. preventing that impact yes. spreading. Yes. Um, yeah, so another principle. Yes. Dispose of waste. So that's one that can apply thought, to the I outdoors. Thought, and I, I thought there's, this is the one, there's a separate one, yeah. special separate one, dispose yes. of waste. This is a separate one. And that really is around trying to leave no waste. Leave no waste. <laughs> yeah, because I know because you, you said... Uh, uh, take what's it, how was it, how was it going? Take take only photos. Or take only photos and, and and leave only memories. Yeah, leave yeah. only memories. That's why. But but that encapsulates actually both principles. First yeah. one was to to what was the first the first one we talked about? Uh, fire minimize the effects. No 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 no, 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 no. The, the, oh. the, the the just one the, the before uh, to to leave what you found. Leave what you found. And then yeah. the other one is now. Actually, take, don't leave anything. <laughs> yes. So, uh, look, litter is a huge issue yeah. in Ireland and it's in areas in the outdoors. It's, mm-hmm. and people, unbeknownst to themselves, might leave, um, they might leave certain items when they're having their lunch, like banana skin or an apple mm-hmm. core. We try and inspire people to take, pack it in and pack it out. Bring everything home with you. Yeah. Um, and actually what we're finding is a lot of community groups and corporates want to really focus in on not just uh, learning about it, but taking action and doing yeah. a cleanup as well. Because that's a probably something that comes to mind as the first one. If someone uh, hears about leave no trace, I would imagine that's the first thing that comes to mind. I, well, actually, often, leave no trace. Yeah. So don't take, take leave stuff no trace, with yeah. you. People think we're some sort of secret service detective <laughs> organization as well but um yes and a lot of time people think oh it's about rubbish or litter but i think you can hear from our mm-hmm. discussion this morning it's much yeah. broader it's yeah it's the ethics but of course it's a only core one of the part seven. of our yeah it's only one of seven but a, a core part of our program is is around um inspiring people empowering people to make sure that they pack in everything that they uh, pack out and a big part of that is the next principle around planning and mm-hmm. planning ahead about what you bring. This is the one I yeah. love. This is the one I like the most, yeah. like plan ahead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so making sure that you actually spend the time to plan for whatever activity you're, you're bringing to bring the right gear and uh, know, you, you know, plan for your group, plan for your skills mm-hmm. and your expertise and knowledge for whatever mm-hmm. activity you're doing, but also plan for what you're bringing. So plan your kit. Yeah. But if you're bringing unnecessary waste, just pack zero waste lunch and, yes. and don't bring that yes. uh, waste even into the outdoors. Yeah. But again, um, you know, planning your meals lots of time. And even when I started myself, it just... I brought probably 10 times the amount and I'm still struggling to, mm-hmm. you know, just curtail what you need to bring. Yes. Often you just need... It's a skill. It's, it's a, an absolute it skill a to skill. take what you need and not miss anything, yeah. but th- also don't bring a bunch of gears that you... Oh, no, and just in case, 
My and then ninety percent of you carry end up to being just in cases <laughs> rather my, than the... my husband is a he, he did a lot of skydiving so mm -hmm. he did a, a course on packing mm -hmm. he's an expert at packing mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually I've learned a lot uh, and through our training course as well mm -hmm. our trainers go out and we, we we actually teach people how to pack their bag correctly right and it's it is a real skill mm -hmm. and it's a great skill to have in your day-to-day -day life as well absolutely you know um, um okay are we are we done yeah so just another just another thing with planning ahead oh please that um we just really like to get people to think about uh really think about their own capacity and their own skills mm -hmm. when they're undertaking an adventure yeah. and that a lot of accidents and call out or people not being prepared or underestimating what they're taking on it's whether they're going from sea to mm -hmm. summit that um you know a lot of call outs on our rescue services are because of that lack of awareness of what you're undertaking yeah. so um if we can inspire people to just be be prepared for who they're going with how they're going to go and checking the weather checking the weather exactly <laughs> what the uh, you know like. wearing the right footwear mm -hmm. uh, wearing footwear at all in some cases it's probably uh, subject for a separate episode of the podcast and yeah. you know enumerate all the crazy stuff that happens sometimes yeah. it's just unbelievable it's unbelievable and just just being responsible mm -hmm. uh, and taking taking care of you and your people that you're bringing outside yeah. then i think that's 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 where we can prevent a lot of the problems. So leave no trace. There's five steps to the kind of recreational experience. Mm -hmm. One is when you're planning the trip. Two is when you're getting there. Three is when you're on site and immersed in the experience. Four is when you're going back. And five is when you're on and you're reflecting. You're, yeah. you're at home and you're reflecting. We try, we can reach people at all aspects of those five steps. But the most impact we will have is at the first step is the planning. Yes. So if you're planning your trip and you want to learn more about how you can go outside, whether it's a water activity, an event, uh, a canoeing trip, uh, a walking trip, a cycling trip, contact us and we will give you all the technical tips to think about so that you can reduce your impact. That's fantastic, Maura. Um, I think we don't have all the rules. It was, it was very educational. Rules? Rules, yes. Ethics, Ethics. Well, <laughs> principles. I, I, I like I like to think think about as the rules. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. It's like more strength to it. It, yeah. it feels more strength. <laughs> so these are the rules. So uh, thanks for taking time for talking to me and uh, uh, educating me and our listeners about leave no trace. I think it's a fantastic job, and I wish you uh, every success, future. And hopefully we get to talk again and do some other projects together. We'd love to have you back, Tommy. And as I said, we've just kind of scratched the tip of the iceberg. And we have loads of more interesting uh, chapters mm -hmm. that we will be uh, developing our program. And uh, I think that they probably need a separate yeah. hour, whether it's the marine environment or whether it's stakeholder engagement. Mm -hmm and or whether it's yeah a specific yeah. theme so we'd love to have you back and just to say thanks for coming all the way up I was, it, was a, it was a pleasure it was yeah. a pleasure and it was educational so uh great pleasure is mine. you're always welcome here okay thank you very much great. thank you
You just listened to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave me five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This is great help for me and for the podcast. And while you're already there, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in the description of the show.